someone who's uh, challenging Darcel Clark in the uh, Democratic primary uh, for DA in the Bronx uh, uh, this year, and that's uh, uh, Tess Cohen. She's both a former uh, prosecutor and a uh, defense attorney, lives in the Bronx, and uh, uh, she's uh, also here to join us today. Uh, Tess, welcome to 99.5 FM. Hi, thank you for having me. Yes, so uh, what what do you make of the of these uh, bail uh, reform rollbacks that appear to be coming out of Albany uh, and uh, and uh, of Darcel Clark's role in uh, helping instigate that? So I find it very frustrating. I think that discovery reform and bail reform has been become a convenient scapegoat for our. Uh, normal system, the sort of status quo, to actually create lasting public safety. And so rather than the people in power right now looking to see what they can actually do to make communities safer, they are using bail and discovery reform as sort of a false straw man as to what the problem is and why crime briefly went up and is now going back down, ignoring, of course, the fact that the pandemic was a deeply destabilizing event and it is what certainly actually resulted in that spike that, again, is going down in crime. Um, And so the the problem with bail is that, you know, we can see what happens when someone's released and we can't see what happens so easily when someone is held at Rikers. And what happens when someone is held at Rikers is we destabilize their lives. We make them sicker. They don't get medical care. They don't get mental health care. If they're on medication, they're going to be off it. They lose their jobs, they lose their children, they lose their housing. And as a result, when they are ultimately released, we have taken all of the reasons that a person commits a crime in the first place and we make them worse. But we don't see that side of the conversation in the New York Post. New York Post doesn't cover as, you know, the person who loses their job at Rikers and then is forced to continue to commit petty larceny. Um, and on the discovery side, it's, we, we, <laughs> We have finally in New York brought ourselves to where the rest of the country already is that defendants shouldn't have to wait more than six months to see the basic evidence against them. And now prosecutors are trying to roll back our attempts to make sure that people get their evidence in a timely manner. And let's be very clear, like cases are not being dismissed in New York unless it takes more than 90 days for misdemeanors and six months for felonies for prosecutors to get all the evidence over. That is plenty of time to do that. And DA Clark has been the biggest push against discovery reform and rolling it back because she has failed to implement it successfully in her office. And she's blaming the law when what should be really happening is she should be working to bring her office into compliance, not take people's rights away. Right. Because what we're talking about here fundamentally is that there is a constitutional right, the Sixth Amendment, to a fair and speedy trial. And that that seems to elude uh, uh, many of our prosecutors. Uh, but uh, would you like to make, uh, I guess, your uh, elevator pitch for why uh, you think you would be a better district attorney uh, for the Bronx than uh, the current incumbent? Yeah, absolutely. So I worked on all sides of the criminal justice system. As, as you mentioned before, I worked as a prosecutor. I specialized in prosecuting doctors who illegally prescribed oxycodone and sort of precipitated the opioid crisis we're still in. Um, I now do criminal defense work. I also represent victims of sexual assault, especially women who've been assaulted by prison guards. 
Um, and I represent those who are wrongfully convicted. So I've seen the good, the bad, and the really, really ugly of the criminal justice system. And I know that there's a much better way to be doing things than we are in the Bronx. In the Bronx, we're failing on all sides. On the one hand, we don't have reforms that have been proven to work to keep people out of prison while also addressing the reasons why people commit crimes. Robust mental health courts, alternative incarceration courts, community-based programming that help people rather than further destabilizing and make us all safer in the process. On the flip side, we have terrible conviction rates for the crimes that matter most. Homicides, uh, sexual assaults, attempted murders, hate crimes. Uh, we don't prosecute you know, landlords and employers who break the laws here. Everything that's really, really harmful isn't being successfully done. There was a recent article that came out that said, only 26% of sexual assault in the Bronx that the DA chooses to prosecute at all result in conviction. So that means three out of four cases, there is no conviction for sexual assault. And that's the small number of cases the DA actually decides to move forward on in the first place, which is less than all the other boroughs does. Um, and then the third is Rikers Island. The Bronx District Attorney has exclusive jurisdiction over, of the five DAs over Rikers Island. Whoever is the DA of the Bronx should be looking to decarcerate and should be looking to investigate the conditions that are happening there and to make people aware of the terrible harms that are happening at Rikers and what we need to do to close it. Um, but the current DA's biggest campaign contributor is the union that represents Rikers guards. And she is not using her power to really figure out what is happening there and where appropriate hold people responsible for the fact that in the last two years, 36 people died in New York City jails. So there's all sorts of things I can and will do better to improve the criminal justice system on all sides in the Bronx. And, and for people who are, are deeply skeptical that there's that it's possible to have a progressive prosecutor. I mean, it's been tried in, in other cities with uh, mixed results. Uh, how do you deal? How would you deal with that tension of, of of being ultimately the top prosecutor in Bronx County if you won your race? While trying to, at the same time, uh, uh, sort of unravel the very, the system that you would be presiding over. Yeah, so I mean, there's, you can never have a perfect system when you're part of a flawed system, right? I mean, ultimately, it's it's a matter of harm reduction, and it's a matter of working towards a better system and helping the people that we can in the moment right now within a flawed structure. Like people always need to be working on both sides, in my view. They have to be working inside the system to improve and outside the system to, to, to dismantle it. And I'm one of the internal people. Um, and I see my job is to sh shrink the footprint of the criminal justice system at every stage, to have less people coming into the system at all, to have less people getting convicted of crimes. I mean, one thing we don't talk about enough is convictions. Um, you know, uh, I think it's a single misdemeanor conviction drops the lifetime earnings of someone 17 percent. And the D.A. has control over who gets convicted of a crime and who doesn't. Right. And so we can purposefully reduce that number and then reduce the number of people who are incarcerated and so on and so forth. And so I think I have a very structured view of how we're going to do that at every single stage that's helped by the fact that I've worked as a prosecutor and I've often worked on the other side and have seen um, line prosecutors in, um, in the city even sort of undermining the stated goals of more progressive TAs that come into power. And so I know how to work within that system. Like I, I'm a big believer in um, enforcing policy through bureaucracy. Make it so that you have to fill out 100 forms if you want to have someone held in on bail, right? And then very few people are going to do it as a result. 
So those are the kind of things that you need to think about. And so I really think I have the experience to do it. And, um, you know, people want to see if you're really wonky and you want to see what my beliefs are about how we can better the system. I wrote along with a few other people, this very long report with the New York City Bar Association's Mass Incarceration Task Force that looks like all of the things that we need to do to change the system. And it's not just for me what I can do in the office, but it's advocating for change with the legislature, not being the DA who says roll back the discovery reform, being the DA that says no, discovery reform is good. No, bail reform is good. Yes, we need to shorten sentences. Yes, we need to get rid of mandatory minimums. Yes, we need to provide services on reentry. We need to reform prisons. So, you know, you can advocate for change while still within the DA's office. Right. And we, we'll have to go here in a minute. Uh, now, you moved to the Bronx about a decade ago. Uh, you know, how well do you feel like you understand the borough that you would be representing? It's overwhelmingly uh, people of color. You're white. You've been there about 10 years. Uh, how would you respond to that uh, concern? Well, I mean, I have lived here We just here have like 30 enough. seconds, unfortunately. Okay. I'll do it real fast. I've lived here long enough to see the problems. You know, I moved in. I live right by the courthouse, right by Yankee Stadium. I'm in a very, um, you know, I'm right in the middle of the Bronx. Know my neighbors really well. I was the president of the Tense Association of my uh, rent-stabilized building. Like, I've spent a lot of time talking to folks in the Bronx, and I'm confident that everyone here wants change, and that I can bring the change that people want. Okay. Well, we'll leave it there at uh, Tess Cohen. Uh, running in the Democratic primary for Bronx District Attorney. Thank you for joining us on WBAI this evening. Thanks for having me. I really appreciate it.